Hello and welcome to What's the Deal, the Seinfeld review show that leaves no show uncovered. This is the same as last week. <laughs> well, God damn it, Cameron. I know, I've blown it. I was going to say that. Hello and welcome to What's the Deal, the Seinfeld review show that's just repeating itself at this point. Each week we dissect every episode of Seinfeld in chronological order. With me today, as always, is Christopher Young. Hello. And Patrick Armstrong. Hello. I'm Cameron Wong, and this is episode 45, and today we'll be looking at season 4, episode 6, The Watch. And uh, Chris Young, back to relatively good health, I think. Uh, you could say that. Well, I could say that too. <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> I feel a little bit better. I still got a bit of a, a rasp mm-hmm. to my to my voice. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout the show, I might start uh, being a little raspy. The rasp just sounds kind of masculine, though. You know, I mean, I need it. Is what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. I need the rasp. I think we've it's all big, got it's my a big little rasp voice. going on, don't mm-hmm. we? I mean, I do. Yeah, I have a little bit. There you go. Yeah, we're all raspy. What's the rasp? What's the rasp? The, the only... only... No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Chris Young, in general, how are you today? Oh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Um, so I got that new that new phone, and I know you did as well, Cameron. Oh, the iPhone 5s? Yes. That's, that's correct. I, too, have an iPhone 5s. The plural, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, let me tell you this. I thought I was going to be just fine with the uh, headphone jack in the bottom. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. It's killing me. I never really realized how integral to my whole picking up the phone, grabbing it motion, being able to swoop my pinky into that spot was. It's screwing up my typing. Your pinky into that spot? Yeah. Like, I, I pick it up. You put, and your, you put your pinky on the bottom of your phone? Yeah, I rest the phone on my pinky chris that's kind of like you know holding your pinky out when you're drinking like tea or something no it's not it's extremely masculine <laughs> i do i do the same thing actually i yeah. i i don't i have all four fingers on the side of the phone no do you have it resting like on the bottom of your palm or something um yeah i guess so and the other thing is because it's resting on it's sitting on my pinky my index finger actually holds the back of it like presses against the back like i have i I have figured out my iphone hand position i had this sorted out literally years ago and now uh i'm telling you right now i'm looking into trying to figure out i just bought these headphones i like these headphones i'm looking into trying to figure out uh, some bluetooth solutions because i can't i can't go back Hmm. i won't go back patrick how are you today (laughs) Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Feeling feeling okay. Uh, haven't gotten like a real fall illness yet. It seems like a lot of people have, but I am feeling okay. Feeling you're feeling all right. Life's feeling good. fine. Life is good. Oh, that's good. You could even say life is beautiful. La vita bella. <laughs> mm-hmm. Remember when that that's guy the won the Oscar life. and jumped up all jumped up on the on the on the chairs and climbed over people to get to, to the stage. 
know, it's it's funny. Someone actually was talking about that the other day, and they couldn't remember that guy's name. Yeah, except (laughs) the person I was talking to, like, what was that guy's name? It was like Roberto Mussolini. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, he was the he best should, fascist yeah. to ever win an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. True fact. All right. And Cameron, how are you doing? I'm all right. I also have an iPhone 5s. Mm-hmm. How do you like it? I like it great. It's way faster than my 4s. The fingerprint scanner—it's just natural. <clears throat> At this point, it's great, isn't it? Unlike Chris, who when something changes on a phone. He can't adapt. Um, I was able to adapt to this fingerprint scanner immediately. Also, because I hold the phone like a tough guy, but... uh, my grip on the phone is fine. Now, you mean you hold it with your dick? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> it's family show here, okay? <laughs> I don't think that is what he meant. Uh, hang on, let me get my phone off my genitals. <laughs> So anyhow, um, I actually, but with that headphone jack, the only thing that I've noticed is that it it does, like the cord, having the cable and stuff down there is slightly more like off-putting than I thought it would be, but I actually prefer it on the bottom because when I put my phone in my pocket, I always put the, the top side down. And so I used to have to, if I had headphones in, I had to intentionally put my phone in a different way into my pocket. So for me, this this is enabling my pocket usage to be, you know, completely normal. I'm telling you, I could deal with the headphone jack being on the bottom if it were on the other side. <clears throat> well, what if you held your phone with your other hand at some point? I've been doing that. It's been awful. Which hand are you holding your phone with normally? I hold my phone with my right hand. But even on the left, if you hold it in the left, now your palm is in the way. Oh, no, but you hold it like this, yeah, this strange dainty way, like you'd hold a porcelain doll. It's not dainty! <laughs> it's extremely manly. So, you know... My hands are... My hands are like giant penises. Now, Chris, you always use a saucer with your phone, right? <laughs> I'm sorry? <laughs> what was that? I said, I said you always use a saucer with your phone. Uh, it's called a doily? <laughs> Oh, man. Yes. Um, so yesterday for dinner, I had a breakfast hamburger. Oh, how was that? Amazing. What is a breakfast hamburger? A breakfast hamburger was uh, a beef burger with cheese, bacon, an egg, and a hash brown patty. Hmm. Like, sounds like the hash brown puck you'd get from McDonald's or something. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. It was really good. So I've I've gone ahead just before we start the show. I've I've sent you both uh, an image of me holding my phone with my hand. And where did you send that? Let's see this. I sent, Is I it glass over, No, I sent it over iMessage. Oh. So yeah, iMessage. So yeah, yeah, look look at that manly claw. <laughs> oh, iMessage, a big inconvenience with this brand new phone. Or do you have your headphones in and you can't hold your phone? Okay, see, but you're you're doing what I do with the index finger, like you're supporting the back of it with your index finger, aren't you? Um, it's pressed up roughly where the Apple logo is, isn't it? 
not really. I actually had to hold it kind of strangely there um, because I was trying to like hold my iPad to take a picture of it. I don't. Yeah, I guess I put my index finger back there. Yeah. All right. Let me let me grab my let me grab my. No, 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 no. We can't keep doing this. This is boring. (laughs) Let's talk about Seinfeld. (laughs) Well, sorry, Professor. All right, let's go. May I ask how you hold your iPhone, Patrick? I don't have an iPhone. Yeah. Patrick's trans are accused. So this week we are looking at <laughs> season four, episode six, The Watch. And in this week's episode, George deals with the fallout over refusing the deal with NBC. Jerry is requested to flirt with a woman and flirts with disaster as he tries to get his watch back from Uncle Leo. And Elaine and Kramer attempt to trick Elaine's once psychiatrist and once lover. As always, I'd like to recommend to you at this point that you head over to whatsthedealshow.com. I really deal. Whatsthedealshow.com. And check out all the show notes for this week, which we will put up there for you nicely categorized and selected by Patrick Armstrong. So this episode, will you get to the, the what happened in the previous episode of Seinfeld thing right at the beginning, but we start off with the monologue and Jerry's talking about bad gifts, you know, I guess related to his watch that was no good. And he talks about how this is a whole industry of bad gifts. Uh, if you've ever been on a airplane through the U.S., you can look at Sky Mall magazine and see the uh, the terrible gifts in Sky Mall. You Wasn't the that the, uh, the mall in Terminator? You're thinking of uh, the Galleria. <laughs> ah, I see. Um, yeah, True. so... Have you guys ever gotten a really bad gift like this? Like the kind of thing that no one ever wants? Like Jerry calls out the paperweight specifically. Uh, I have never gotten a paperweight. I don't have a paperweight. I, I, don't I don't think I'm quite old enough yet, but I used to see these things kind of at like... There was a store in the mall where I grew up as a kid that Sharper sold, Image? I don't know. It was that sort of place though, right? Where they sold these sort of like tacky like dad desk gifts. <laughs> Like there's that classic, like the the like five metal balls on wires, and you like pick one up and clack it, and they clack back cool. and forth. It's amazing. How does it transfer that energy? I don't know. Um, but whenever I used to see those things in that, or like in the Sears catalog or something, I used to always think like, man, this would be awesome to get for my dad. Like you know, <laughs> you know, it's just the stupidest stuff that you know your fa- you you've put on your desk because your family gave it to you and you don't know what to do with it. Like, oh, it's a it's a mini putting green and it's you know it's like a toothpick sized putter and uh, yeah. Upon reflection, that stuff's still awesome. Clearly, but uh, I've never received one. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen that movie, The Hudsucker Proxy? Yeah, I've seen that. Um, so in this movie, this kind of like like country bumpkin ends up becoming i forget like the president or the ceo or something of this big company and he doesn't really have anything to do he's just kind of in a dummy position i feel like he is the perfect target market for this like he's in his big office at this job he doesn't really have anything to do so he's got to have something to fiddle with you know he's got to have this little mini golf course 
or like the little clacker to clack back and forth. You know, I guess now there's just Twitter. Yeah. I mean, I always forget that Paul Newman's in Hudsucker Proxy is my, like, one takeaway from that. He is. Well, because that movie didn't do very well. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Let me me ask you this. Have either of you ever de-gifted or ungifted a gift? What is de-gift? Does that mean throw it out? Because in Uh, that case, yes. No, I mean, you give someone a gift... And then you 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 take it back essentially. Oh, you return it? No, no, it's just yours now. You bought it for someone. Oh wait, wait, wait! You gave you gave it to them. Uh, you bought it for someone. You gave it to them, and then through circumstance, you have it again. Now, is this because it was one of those gifts where it's like you're part of a couple and you buy no. your girlfriend a PlayStation Four? No. No. Okay. That's a thoughtful gift for your girlfriend, though. Well, you that's the, I thought that maybe that was like the way that you did this, where it's like you bought like the Homer and the bowling ball. Y- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No. 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 Because let me tell you. Let me tell you this. I have now d or ungifted, or maybe repo gifted. Yeah, I was gonna say it's uh, more like gift reclaiming. Yeah, I've done this twice now. Uh, what once, were the gifts? Once I bought uh, Tyler a set of speakers. And uh, he had them for a while, and then he moved in with my brother, and then he just left. He left the stuff at my brother's, and he was just like, okay, I'm leaving this here. And he didn't, and then he went to, you know. Is this when Tyler decided he was going to bike to Mexico or something? This is around that time, I think, <laughs> yes. Um, and I was like, all right, well, I, I, I'm going to just, you just sort of saddled my brother with these, so... I'm taking them, and I'm I'm gonna keep these speakers now. And I moved with them, and they're mine. Those are mine now. And and then Dave, who I'm sure is listening, Dave, <coughs> uh, I bought him what I thought was a great gift. Uh, I bought him the you know the the umbrellas in Blade Runner with the light up. I bought him one of those, mm. and he was excited. And then uh, like two days later. He dropped it, and a piece of the handle came off. He's like, oh, well, this would take, you know, hours to fix. I guess I can't I guess I can't move to Japan with this thing now. Here, I'll just give this back to you, Chris. Well, you know what? I fixed it. I have it, and it's mine now. Now, do you, do you use this umbrella? Like, Occasionally. Mostly I like to show it to people. It is kind of cool. Who it's sells cool. that? Is that like a, that's like a Think Geek uh, thing Think or something? Geek, yeah, it was Think Geek. But I mean, like he, it would have, it would have taken nothing to fix it. It took me very little. It took me some electrical tape, and you know, it's he's not getting that back. It was, it was expensive. It was. Uh, oh no! I it's thought a cheap. great idea. Huh? These are cheap. I thought They're, these are these are way cheaper than I thought they'd be. Oh, what are they now? This is this is like literally uh, four years ago that I bought they this. They are fourteen ninety nine. Oh no! It was more expensive when I bought it. And but, it'll cost me to shift me about fifty bucks, I think. Oh wow! I mean, they're pretty cool. They are cool, but there's no uh, there's no stock. They I think they just made it once, and then that was it. Yeah. You know, my theory is that the person giving the gift, it's all the gift is always that much more important to the person giving the gift than the person receiving it. Like the person who gets the gift. They they do often appreciate it, but I feel like the person giving it 
it's just that much more important to that person. Like Chris, I feel like that's a perfect example here. Like you are very excited about this. Blade Runner is Dave's favorite movie. But still, even so, you appreciated it more. I guess. He was just like, oh, this little part broke off. I'm moving to Japan soon, so here you go. Hmm. Can't take this. Well, tough, tough cookies. Well, you, uh, you win. I did. So anyhow, no, I don't think I've ever done that. I don't think that's ever happened. No repo gifting? Patrick? No. No, never. Huh. Well, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's the show. (laughs) Um... Yeah, all right. Well, we might as well move on then, I guess. Uh, so, what Jerry. This? Yeah. Jerry and uh, picking up from last week, Jerry and his parents and Uncle Leo are out to dinner. And Jerry's mom points out a pretty lady for Jerry to ask out. And then they argue about whether she is pretty or not. And Jerry's dad is bothered by this whole watch business. Although, didn't we skip the part where um, Susan informs George that uh, his little power play has backfired? Uh, that comes afterwards. Really? That happened before in mine. That's weird. I'm I'm sorry. What what what's yeah? What's going on here? What is the scene? Uh, the scene in the car where. <clears throat> so we. Uh, so we but we start with Jerry's family at the restaurant. Yeah. Oh, funny. I had to watch one online. And the one online uh, starts off with um, Susan and uh, George in the car. And she's like, they're passing. And he can't believe it. And then he goes into the restaurant. That's oh. weird. Well, you're just going to have to trust me on this one. I watched the DVD version. <clears throat> All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll somehow figure <laughs> it in my gonna, mind. So I don't know how I'm going to do this. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they're talking about this. Jerry's mom points out this pretty lady. Dad's bothered by the watch. It's a really quick scene. There's a lot of quick scenes in this where they cut back and forth between the different characters because they're all sort of in different story arcs. Um, yeah. I guess Kramer and Kramer and Elaine sort of st- sort of share one, but uh, otherwise they're all kind of on their own. They've all sort of dug a hole in the previous episode, and this episode they're trying to um, dig themselves back out. Yeah, um, well, and it's with this, like, endless two-parter episodes we've been watching recently. Like, it never ends. Um, yeah, and so I guess then the next scene, uh, we cut to George and Susan in a car. Susan tells George that maybe it was a mistake to pass on the offer because Russell said to hell with them. George slammed panics. his desk on his, uh, or slammed his fist on his desk. Yeah. George panics and George wants to talk to Russell at his home because he thinks this is a good idea to try to convince him to uh, let him have the show. Now, what what's great about this scene, and I, I mean what I actually really like about this scene, is that the fact that George is willing to steal Susan's wallet against what she wants shows that George actually wants this thing more than he wants a woman. Oh, yeah. Uh, Which, I mean, is pretty impressive because he was willing to potentially torpedo it by going out with Susan in the first place. Mm -hmm. 
And then the fact that now, when he realizes that he has destroyed the deal, that he's willing to, like, sacrifice Susan to try and get the deal back. Yeah, but, you know, I think when he decided he would go out with Susan, I don't think he really ever entertained the idea that it might really jeopardize the the pilot just because he's just super arrogant uh, and dumb. Um, and, you know, now that it really has got to this point, George hasn't worked for, like, forever. George <laughs> needs money. Well, you know, maybe he's still on unemployment. You know, he's getting some money. This is this is pre Clinton. You know, cutting down on welfare. You know, this is this welfare is the golden queens. old days. Yeah, George is a welfare queen. He is. I don't even um, remember what the world was like before Hillary Clinton was president. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. So John, I got to do a talk yesterday in class about Jennifer Flowers. Is good. Hello and welcome to What's the Deal. <laughs> um, yeah, and so next we see the hole that Elaine has dug herself into. Uh, Elaine and Kramer, I guess, are in Kramer's apartment. And they're sitting, it looks like, on a fold-out couch with, like, blankets over it. It's, it's kind of weird. Uh, this is Kramer's place? Yeah, that's I assumed, definitely yeah. Kramer's apartment. There's just garbage everywhere so i assumed it was his place it's not very nice um so elaine gets kramer to agree to be her fake boyfriend so she can get out of this relationship with her psychiatrist uh and you know kramer has a few questions for example how often do they make love five times a week five times a week Mm. and uh yeah and so kramer calls dr rustin it's uh, it's quite a thing. It's uh, you know, they agree to get together. Now, I don't understand why Elaine is choosing to do this with Kramer. Why not get anybody else and just say their name is Kramer? No well, kidding. Oh, that's but I mean, like, look at her. Her options are it's it's George or, it's, or Jerry, and either I of feel them, like Jerry's the better option. They maybe, were actually but, in a relationship. Yeah, I feel like picking. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, isn't it obvious that that's a better option? <laughs> I, guess. I don't know that I guess it is. I feel that. like Gary would have fun torpedoing it somehow. Like, if I was friends with Gary and I asked him to do something like this, I'd be worried that he would, that he'd screw it up because he would be amused by how he could screw it up. Maybe. I mean, I don't think Gary's quite that. at the malicious point yet, though. And you would trust that more than Kramer? I feel like Kramer, even if he wants it to go well, it's going to screw it up. It's guaranteed. I guess. Yeah, it's actually that's true. It's it's pretty much guaranteed to go wrong. Yeah, I don't see this going right. I don't see this going well with any of them. They all are just unreliable to the point that a scheme like this is going to backfire. I definitely feel like the best option though is Jerry. Uh, perhaps. Um, um, but you know what? Because she does go with Kramer, we do get in this scene this awesomeness of Kramer's. Uh, Intense bravado on the phone with Dr. <coughs> Reston. Hmm. Yeah, I love how he says, uh, Hey, uh, Dr. Reston, I'm, uh, I'm afraid we have a bit of a problem. <laughs> I like how he tells him that he could make things uncomfortable for him and his staff if he has one. Yeah. Uh, like, what yeah, is, that's what nice. Exactly is, what is Kramer implying? 
I think he's he trying to imply do? he's kind of got a... Oh, well, first, I think he's implying he's got a Mickey Mouse operation. And then, I don't know. I don't know what kind of trouble he's going to cause. That's the thing. Like, I think we're lucky that Dr. Reston is, in some ways, as crazy as Kramer. Because otherwise, I think a normal person would have just sent the police over to Kramer's house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a veiled threat. <laughs> really? I don't even know how veiled it was. It's like when Chris buys you a gift that you know he wants. Mm-hmm. We all know where that gift is going. Like when Chris gave me that monogram towel that said CY on it. Reminds me of that time when Chris gave me all those records that said for Chris on them. <laughs> <laughs> I love those records. Yeah, it's like, but you, you know, know, you get a gift from Chris and you look underneath and he's just like put a piece of tape with his name on the underside <laughs> somewhere. There was one year where Chris gave me an 8x10 glossy with his photo on it and he signed it, but he never asked for that back. <laughs> yeah, well, if you pop open the picture out of the frame, take a look what's on the back of that picture. Tomorrow's date. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, so anyway. I get great I... gifts. Sometimes... I just end up with them again. Eventually, Kramer agrees to get together with Dr. Reston and hash this whole thing out. Uh, obviously, Elena's upset about this. She was hoping the whole thing would be done by the phone call, but it is not. Um, back to uh, Jerry's dinner with his parents and Uncle Leo. Um, the server starts flirting with Jerry. Jerry just kind of rebuffs it. His mom's pretty upset with this. What I don't like about this restaurant is I'm not going to a, a restaurant where everyone speaks English and they ask you, how is your poisson? Oh, yeah. Come on. You know what, Patrick? You're the only person on this show where someone asks you, how is the poisson is possibly acceptable, although I don't understand why they wouldn't just say it all in French. Yeah, either say it all in French or maybe they're just trying to accommodate me because I'm an Anglophone and... They just forgot what the the uh, French word for fi- or the English word for fish is, you know. Yeah, but then they would, but then they would stutter, you know, be like the uh, Monsieur, how was your uh, poisson? You know, that it would be like that. It wouldn't be like, Sir, how was your poisson? Yeah, Awful. it's it's definitely. I thought, I, mean, were, I thought they. I thought he had a croissant. Yeah, so did I actually. Why did he eat croissant for dinner? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Uh, no, well, because you, you see later that the like s- restaurant's manager or owner is like a phony TV Frenchman, and he is you know, he's an a real Frenchman. Give us some the money. But I guess we'll deal with him later. But yeah, the the poisson thing turned me off. But in this scene, what do you guys think? Because I actually think that. If you're a single person, you should be able to flirt with a beautiful person if your family's there or not, because you just turn the family switch off. You just ignore them. It's just, I feel it's, like I would, it's just harmless I feel like, flirting. I, uh, I feel like I would be a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Mm, it feels a little uncomfortable. I would do it if I wanted to. <laughs> like maybe Gary's not feel, attracted to the woman. I feel like also that um, Jerry's mom is really into her would make it a little less appealing. Yeah, I, 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 
if I were attracted to the woman that my parents were like, ooh, Jerry or Christopher, you know. It's <laughs> Jerry or just, Christopher. Just, just, just They're not quite sure your name. Yeah. And then my parents like boom, 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 boom. Which one of your different. parents is the slap bass? That's right, yeah. And they're like doing that in the background while I'm trying to be like, hey, baby. Um, you know, that might be difficult. But like if I liked the girl, no problem. You'd be like, all right. Hey, yeah, mom. It'd be like that scene in The Little Mermaid where mom, she's mom. trying to get Prince Eric right, to kiss well, him. do this. <laughs> you don't know, but I'm about to make you a grandma. Maybe you do know it. Uh, Strangely enough, that's also the pickup line Chris used on the one. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, waitress lady, you want to make my mom a grandma? You want to go halfers on a baby? I actually was just assuming that you were going to tell her you're going to make her a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm swooning here, Chris. This yeah. would work on me. I know, right? Meanwhile, dad's doing something inappropriate. That's fine. Well, He's eating his poisson. That's right. <laughs> So speaking of Jerry's dad, actually, he really wants to pay this bill, uh, but, you know, he still has no wallet. He lost in the previous episode. Jerry, you know, he's trying to insist to pay. And then finally he's like, fine, you pay it. I don't see how you're going to pay. You don't have a wallet. Uh, And then Leo gets up to uh, go to the washroom and Jerry follows him. Uh, my favorite thing when they enter the bathroom is Leo's greeting for Jerry is some portion here, eh, Jerry? <laughs> uh, it's a great line, and it's it's a perfect Leo line. Like that is what Leo would like hone in on as the one thing he takes away from this restaurant. Mm-hmm. Big portions, lots like of poisson, lots of poisson. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I never order pasta in a restaurant. Because I'm never satisfied with the portion size for pasta. <clears throat> too much or too little? Never enough. Never enough. I can eat a lot of pasta. I love pasta. And I can eat a lot of it. Unless we're at Anton's. Anton's. I was no. just about to say, what about Anton's? No, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. But so that you're is like never... a pasta restaurant where you order pasta. So why wouldn't that count? So you're never satisfied with the portions unless you are. No, just at Anton's, where Anton's whole thing is they give you three meals in one. Like, the portions at Anton's are enormous. So, like, I feel like that's not representative of the larger restaurant community's attitudes towards pasta portions. However, if I'm at, like, an Italian restaurant, I'll go with the pizza. Because I'm pretty sure the pizza's going to be, you know, like, 10-inch pizza. I'll be, I'll be okay with that. But, like, you ever see someone, you know, they order the pizza and, like, the person they're with orders the pasta. They get, like, a little bit of pasta. It's, like, never enough. It's not even close. And I have, have no problem ordering more. pasta at a restaurant. Yeah, I don't it's, think I have this problem either. Yeah. Like, I often take pasta home. Yeah. I get a baked yeah. lasagna. I'm taking some of that home. You guys are anorexic. Although, you know, on the other oh. hand, I have to say, like, I basically almost never order pizza at a restaurant. I don't like ordering pizza at a restaurant. You're nuts. you got body issues. That's why you're not eating it. I love pizza at a restaurant. Yeah, pizza at a restaurant's great. Unless I'm at, like, Pizza Hut, Pizza Buffet, all I can eat, I'm not getting the pizza at a restaurant. Or, I guess, you know, like, a pizza specialty restaurant. I I guess I would get that, but... Why would you ever want to go to a pizza buffet? Like, a pizza buffet... buffet. What? But... But you can just buffet. you can just buy a pizza, and that costs like nine dollars. You know, like for a pizza, 
can you ever eat more than a pizza, like a full pizza? Can you eat two pizzas? Like with a buffet, it's just guaranteed to be sitting under a heat lamp for a long time. But if you know, you're no, first in line, no. if you're first in line, and no, if it's, they like, don't just, it's a busy it, one. I was going to say they're busy and the pizza just yeah. goes. It's, it's there and gone. And oh. then you, you can have all sorts of different types of pizzas. And then afterwards, you got right. the dessert pizza. They've got that. Yeah, Where are you going pizza. to this pizza buffet? Pizza the Pizza Hut. hut. <laughs> that sounds awful. Oh, it's, oh, it's great. good. Have you it's guys good. been there since you were like seven years old? Yes. yes. 15 years old? Yes. Maybe. When was the last time you were at a pizza buffet? Whom are you? I'm at? telling you right now. There used Either to be, uh, Cameron, you know, Victoria people, uh, you know, the McDonald's uh, with um, the double tiered play part where you can see the slide running down and there's like a strip mall across from it. You know what I'm talking about in Victoria? Yes. Yes. Except that's there's, not a strip mall across from it anymore. Oh, well, there it's used a to be huge a huge shopping hut. complex. There used to be a pizza hut in there and my grandparents would take me there and I ate the pizza buffet I'm telling you one thing, mister. I ate a lot of pizza. Yeah. No, pizza buffet is great. And pizza actually, great. I think Patrick's just being kind of like... It's just dumb. In, yeah, he's Stupid. kind of intransigent right now. Like yeah. it's, uh, Why wouldn't it's, you like that, Patrick? I've been to a pizza buffet and it's gross. I don't think you have. I don't think you have either. No. Because number one, it's You're delicious. just imagining it. No, I've been to a pizza buffet. It's gross. Well, where did you go? Bad pizza place? No, it was a bad pizza place. Yeah, you went to you went to some like poor ass pizza place where they don't have any customers, so the pizza doesn't go fast. There were lots of customers. There were a lot of really fat people. A lot so of are you satisfied. Against, are you against any buffet then, Patrick? Any buffet? No, I've been to an okay buffet. Once okay, so. well then, then your argument doesn't make any sense because I mean, when you go to a buffet, you You're still eat the same relative amount of food. Right, it's not like you eat like eight meals at a buffet. So why would not being able to eat more than whole pizza be any more or less reasonable than at a standard buffet? I don't know. It's just gross. <laughs> no, nope. it's good. That's it. Chris is taking that picture back. He gave you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, where are we? Uh, so, uh, yeah, George so shows J- up at. Uh, wait, wait, wait! No, no, we didn't finish. Jerry wants to try to convince Leo. Uh, we see like the seed of this to give him back the watch. Uh, he wants him to sell it. Um, so, uh, let's see. Um, we cut to um, Jim or to Russell Dalrymple's apartment. George is trying to convince the doorman to let him up. The doorman is like the perfect TV doorman. Like he's very aloof, seems very like irritated with the situation, trying to like defer to the people who live in the building. Eventually, George convinces him to let him up. Yeah, not uh, too much to say. I mean, I yeah. my only thing I wrote was that I'd love to have a doorman. Yeah, it sounds great. Keep the riffraff out. Yeah, come on. Um, right. So then, uh, there's a quick cut back to the restaurant. Morty is pleading with the, uh, this like stereotypical restaurant manager who we were joking about, who has the bad French accent. I am the manager here at the restaurant. (laughs) We have the respectable business. (laughs) Is there, (laughs) 
Exactly, blue. <laughs> and so. <laughs> oh, how so, I wish he said sacre bleu. So, um, Morty's pleading not to pay. We cut back to Kramer going to this meeting with Elaine's psychiatrist. Uh, he points. That he gets a little unsettled because the building is on an angle to the street. It is quote architecturally incorrect, but he goes in. And uh, then we cut back to Russell's apartment. Uh, George has finagled his way up. Russell's wife is super mad about the situation because they're just about to eat dinner. And George is pleading, pleading to get the show back. Yeah. And he comments on their meal, insists that it's veal. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's nonetheless fine looking piece of meat. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, is George just being gross and talking about, like, Russell's, like, it, this whole scene is uncomfortable for me in that George will not stop, like, eyeing up Russell's, like, girlfriend? Uh, yeah, it's weird. But it's also extremely reminiscent of later on when he can't stop eyeing up Russell's daughter, who looks to be roughly the same age. Well, he's, uh, he's one of these high-flying executives. He can have whoever he wants. I guess. Get a good look, Costanza. Um, yeah, so George, he's, I don't know how he gets out of this. He's really digging his his uh, hole bigger here, but... Uh, Is that the expression? <laughs> digging himself deeper in this hole? I don't know. What's the expression, Cameron? Cameron? Uh, I'm not entirely uh, sure, but... Uh... Digging yeah. himself in his hole deeper just didn't sound right to me. <laughs> so Russell says they already gave the uh, the pilot to a different team of writers. It's too late. George bargains him down to $8,000. He says he'll do it for eight. Eventually, it seems like just Russell wants to get him out of there. Uh, he agrees to do it for $8,000, which is $5,000 less than they were previously offered. He knows how to deal with these Hollywood types. <sighs> hmm yeah, it's this is an uh, uncomfortable scene. It almost reminds me of uh, like curb your enthusiasm. Like it's so awkward. You know what they have in this scene that uh, you'd be a big fan of? Russell's got a strange uh, like amoeba bow tie tie on. Oh, I didn't see it. I thought oh, he yeah. had a straight tie on. <clears throat> he didn't have a bow tie, did he? Uh, well, on the tie, it has little amoeba bow ties. Huh. So like the amoebas are shaped like bow ties. Hmm, I'm trying to find this, see a picture. But that sounds great. I love you, that kind of thing. You love an amoeba tie. Yeah. I always notice him. Like, oh, yeah. He's got quite a whole outfit here. He's got like a plaid jacket, this amoeba bow tie tie. It's, it's weird. All for, all for dinner at home with mm-hmm. your jacket on. Yeah. His wife with the suede, or girlfriend with the suede shoes. Do you ever just rub it against the grain? <laughs> Yeah, this is this is some good George acting here. I enjoy George just totally panicking here. Yeah, and he keeps on just like he's like it's just like complimenting his wife's shoes. It's like it's so awkward, and he's just he's just trying to keep himself in the room. Mm-hmm. He he manages it though. He gets he gets back the the deal for eight thousand bucks. That's okay. I like how disaffected Cynthia is there. Like, she just doesn't care about anything that's going on. Russell, where's the television guide? 
do you think it's i thought it was odd she comes down uh to the main landing and when she walks over the tv russell gives her this look for a second that you're kind of expecting something to happen but all she wants is the tv guide well, know. no, he, g- he gives her the look because she puts her champagne glass no, down no on the coaster. glass coffee table. No coaster. Is that Which one? I thought was, yeah, yeah, I thought it was a funny detail to include. You're definitely right. There's something Ari here. Like, it feels like there's going to be some thing about Russell's, like, OCD or something, but nothing like that. It's weird. You know who... Does he put a coaster down? They remind yeah, me. Yeah, he puts he a coaster down. Oh, yeah. wow. I didn't. I didn't even notice that. They remind me of, and there's the Seinfeld connection here. They remind me of Elaine, or rather Julie Louis Dreyfus and her husband, Marco and Todd from Christmas Vacation. This is this kind of people. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, like I guess like '80s, early '90s yuppies. Yeah, that kind of loathe each other. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Um. Huh. Yeah. Why um, is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. Todd, Todd and Margo really get the uh, short end of the stick there on that. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, when Clark turns on the lights, they just their house yeah. just gets ruined. Mm-hmm. I just love that part, though, where it's like, where are you going to fit a tree like that, Griswold? Bend over and I'll show you. You got a lot of nerve talking to me like that. I wasn't talking to you. Cut to Louis <laughs> Dreyfus. Uh, Great movie, Christmas Vacation. We I used to have it on DVD, but Chris gave it to me, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of wheeling and dealing, uh, we cut back to the restaurant washroom. Jerry is trying desperately to get this watch back from Uncle Leo, and Leo is driving a hard bargain. He, sure Jerry offers him 200 bucks. He thinks the watch is only worth 60 and then, uh, you know, eventually he goes up to $350. Leo grudgingly accepts. But Jerry's dad walks in at the last second in the middle of the steal. Yeah. It's a Shuts little it awkward. Down, ruins it. Shuts it right down. Actually, it's to Jerry's benefit because he doesn't want this watch. He just wants his parents to be happy. And, uh, you know, everything just kind of works out there. Uncle Leo keeps this watch. Um, I mean, I can't believe how much Jerry's willing to do it, though. Like, yeah, three hundred. Chris, what is three hundred and fifty dollars in today's dollars? Oh God, hold on. I like that Leo's like bargaining pri- or bargaining chip is that the band on the watch is so good. I've never seen a band <laughs> like this. <laughs> uh, yeah. and I mean, like, you'd think Jerry would just just say forget it. At least it's I would, because I mean, he's not like. He's not super rich. How can he afford to like give Leo that much money? Why did he have three hundred and fifty dollars in it's his wallet? Maybe bucks. he was. Oh, maybe he was thinking he was going to pay for dinner at this fancy French restaurant. Maybe. Croissants are expensive. Um. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little weird. I can't believe Uncle Leo doesn't just give it to him. What a dick. Um. Yeah. So at the psychiatrist's office. Kramer's meeting with uh, Dr. What's his name? Reston. Dr. Reston. And uh, he offers him a drink and Kramer asks for a decaf cappuccino <laughs> and seems a little upset that he thinks it's weird that they don't have it. 
Uh, I really like Kermit's delivery where he says, well, it's a very popular drink. This is mm. an office. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually think that it's a classic Kramer line in as much as I think Kramer thinks asking for a beverage that he knows that he's not going to have is like a power play against Dr. Um, Reston. I never yeah, occurred. Maybe. That never occurred to me. Uh, huh. It's a very popular beverage. It must be behind the times. Like, I don't know. I, I, I really liked that line, though. I thought it was great. Um, and I also like when Kramer says, uh, we have an extraordinary situation here. Mm. Tell me about it. <laughs> um, so there's a cut to out on the street where Elaine is waiting for this meeting with Kramer to be over. Elaine is just kind of singing and Joe Davola happens to be there and uh, they sing together and they hit it off. It's now, weird. To be fair, Joe Davola is singing and then Elaine joins in on a song as he goes by. Oh, I see. But yes, it's really weird. Mm-hmm. But you know he seems perfectly pleasant here, not at all crazy, aside from maybe singing in the street. But <clears throat> well, that's one of the things I noted because it's what I think is happening here is the there's a, the implication of the outcome of this scene. Just to kind of jump ahead briefly, is that when he ends up going upstairs to see Doctor Reston, he's like, "Oh, I just met this beautiful woman. Her name's mm-hmm. Elaine." Doctor Reston cuts him off his medication again. Oh, so he was doing well and singing because he's on his meds. Yeah. yeah. And oh, I and before, kind of... like early, earlier, he was all messed up and like threatening people because, because he was, he was off, off because Reston was in like Paris making out with a lady in front of the Eiffel Tower. Wow. And so this this Reston's kind of real diabolical. I feel, yeah, I feel really bad. For, Not a good doctor. I feel bad for him now. Like I feel. I feel really bad, bad for Joe Devola. I, no, I, I feel do. Bad. I feel no, bad I for Joe Devola. No. I feel bad He's, for Elaine too. She's uh, she's really being manipulated here. Whatever do you mean? <laughs> Man, this is this is dark. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's disturbing. Huh. Well, um, so uh, before uh, we find out about that, uh, eventually Kramer and the psychiatrist agree that it would really be best if Elaine and Doctor Reston were a couple. <laughs> And to celebrate, Kramer pulls out cigars for them to smoke. (laughs) Uh, Where did this storyline come with Kramer's no good with matches? I don't know. Well, he originally, like, was lighting a cigar with with Jerry's burner and set his hair on fire. But I don't know. Uh... Because I, I think it's a really weird detail that they've gone with here. Yeah, and yeah, and earlier Elaine mentions like, "How's your hair?" Kurt's like, "Oh, it's good." You, you're not the sort of guy that should be playing with matches. Like, I get that Kramer's kooky and unreliable, but the idea that Kramer can't handle a match, I find very, uh, very suspect. Yeah, well, in and then in well, he does scene, burn down Susan's parents' cabin. But that's part of this same storyline this season, yeah. where Kramer can't handle a match, and then later he's running like smoking club. He's got all this stuff. It, I don't know. I just think it's a weird detail, uh, yeah. especially in terms hard. of the fact that we've seen other, we've seen Kramer light matches throughout the rest of the series. Although I guess even at the end in the Puerto Rican Day Parade, he burns the flag when he throws that match. Yeah. So. Maybe they're just trying to establish this character trait of Kramer's that he can't handle fire. Um, okay, so finally at the restaurant, there's a cut, and Jerry, 
he's getting this woman's number and you know it seems to be going nice they're flirting talk about uncle leo a little bit have a little joke but as he leaves she has a terrible laugh and the like the like part where because <laughs> jerry's left and then he just kind of like ducks back into frame that part's great yeah it's quite Your a laugh, laugh is atrocious it's like a Fran Drescher sort of laugh, but worse. Do you yeah. think that actress's real laugh? Can't no. be. No. No, I don't think so either. It's a real deal breaker. I can't, I, can, I couldn't live with it. No, because I would be afraid to make a joke. Same, yeah. You know? And I want to hear that awful, awful laugh. No. Although, you must be in fear of making a joke all the time. Do you think that people with a terrible laugh tend to date people who aren't very funny? So there's like that situation doesn't come up very much. Maybe. I don't know. Or they have their longer relationships with people who aren't funny. What if they love to laugh, Patrick? That's what they got uh, friends for or uh, Big Bang Theory. Ugh, Big Bang Theory. Yeah, I saw so a guy anyway. yesterday wearing a Big Bang Theory um, T-shirt with jeans with a huge Ghostbusters belt buckle. Keep it up, guy. <laughs> um, so I don't remember. Does Jerry end up dating this woman later? Does he? Does he try to date her? I don't think so. I actually, every time I see this episode, I think he does, but I don't, I, I think there's a chance that they do not. It's good. I like it. Um, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, uh, then there's like one. a, there's a quick monologue where Jerry muses about how the psychiatrist hour is only 50 minutes, uh, and wonders what they do with that other 10 minutes. Uh, which I mean, almost certainly is spent before the before and after the uh, the hour, like writing notes and preparing. But uh, then we're back in the apartment. Jerry's parents are leaving. George comes up, explains to them that he managed to get less money from Russell, and Jerry is pretty smug. <laughs> yeah, but I like I love how he comes in, and the first thing. You know, he's like, Mrs. Seinfeld, and he's like very like chummy. He goes over Mrs. Seinfeld. What's wrong with you, George? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love that too. She's just like so curt and so rude with him immediately, as he deserves. Yeah. Although Does it she is not... nice to see that Jerry can be honest with his parents in this scene too, I suppose. It's true, Does... yeah. I Does like she not too. like George? She mm. likes George fine. She doesn't like the Costanzas, but she's like she's just kind of jumping on everybody in this episode. Um, in the episode like the week before as well and you know as soon as she heard that george didn't take the deal she was furious so when george comes in she's you know she's not prepared to feign that she's happy to see him Hmm. um yeah so uh (coughs) eventually like they end up outside because uncle leo is driving them to the airport and jerry or no right before this jerry gives her dad his dad a wallet uh, and then we later learn that he put $400 in it. To, $400 uh, to, he could have spent on a watch. Yeah, try to give him some money. Um, um, 
In this scene, do you guys notice that Leo's dressed like a washed-up old cowboy who's, like, selling cars or something? No, I didn't. Leo's clothes are awesome in this scene. I really like it. He's got this, like, red kind of cowboy shirt underneath this white jacket that doesn't quite fit him quite right. And he's got his blue jeans on. No, I I, oh, I like Uncle. I like how high his like waistline is on the pants. It's like yeah. it's like way past his belly up to his rib cage. Why yeah. do you think that is? Like that was like typically, you know, old people they dress in the style you know that was fashionable when they were, you know, considered, you know, you know, at the height of their important, game. Yeah, height of their game, important to society, right? You know what? They were movers and shakers. But like that was was when was it ever just a good look to have your waist, your like your belt buckle and your belly button? My I theory, don't understand it. Why do my, they do that? My theory is that you know how like you see Morty in the scene how he's got the big the big beer gut, and you know how you see old guys with the beer gut how they have like their belt cinched tight under their beer gut and it's almost like supporting their beer gut. Mm-hmm. My my theory is that like guys who are slim like Uncle Leo like to have their pants up to like brag that they like they don't have a big beer gut. That's a way of showing off. Maybe, but I'm telling Maybe you right now, Morty, Morty looks better. <laughs> Morty looks better hmm. than Leo does with his beer gut. You know, Morty, I'm going Morty's my, right. I'm going with my original idea: no shirt. It's yeah. a good one. Um, <laughs> did you guys notice uh, in the scene just as they go outside that Jerry mentions the Bizarro World? Mm, no. Oh, there you go. It's just setting a seed. Setting a seed. It's funny though. Actually, in this scene, I couldn't help but think of a much later episode. I think it's like season eight. Um, the Van Buren Boys. Mm-hmm. where George tries to ingratiate himself to the Van Buren boys, and he has to try and rob the Seinfelds at the end of the episode, and mm-hmm. he's unable to. And it's almost like the exact same relationship that he has with uh, Morty and Helen uh, right now, where Helen's, like, they're just kind of, like, they're happy to see him, they say hi, but as soon as George starts acting strange, they just, like, tell him to mess off, basically. <laughs> Give me your wallet, old man, or I'll stick you in your guts. George, you're being very rude. <laughs> just, Did you just say just mess leave. off? Yeah. Is that a thing? Mess off? Like screw off? As in go Dunno. away? Dunno. I, I, I don't know. Here. I'll type in mess off. I'm not saying it's not. I've just never heard that before. I feel like I hear take off as a... Yeah, the, take like, off is a thing. Mess off. It doesn't seem to be coming up on Google. I guess it's not a thing. You made it the thing. Mess off. It's not bad. It's not bad. I think mess off sounds good. That could be a thing. I've been saying mess off too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know where you got that, but maybe you invented it. it. I think you invented that, Cameron. Congratulations. You know what? This podcast is going to be referenced in a Wikipedia article about mess off one day. That's right. Yes. I'm looking through several pages of Google here. Mess off. No. Dude, you did it. <laughs> wow. Um, so, yeah, uh, eventually we see Morty 
throw out this wallet because it's a Velcro wallet. I guess it's like a piece of junk. He doesn't even open it. Throws in the trash. We see Uncle Leo take it. Uncle Leo? Uncle Leo. <laughs> Uncle Leo. <laughs> take it out of the trash. Perfectly good wallet. You know, I just searched uh, Google for Munkle, and I think you just invented that. <laughs> uh, and then the episode ends with a monologue where you can tell the difference between women's wallets and men's wallets. Because women's wallets have the big photo section. They got tons of photos in there. Yeah. I feel like this is pretty dated. Do women still... Do anyone really keep many photos? Maybe one photo in their wallet. I feel like they not don't. Many they've got their photos. smartphone and they've got pictures on there. They've got yeah. all the photos they've ever taken on their phone. And it's, yeah. it's funny because this is, you know, classic men are like this, women are like that, Jerry Seinfeld joke. Um, but like when I go into my hazy memory of, you know, being like six years old or something, my mom definitely had that like wallet where she had like eight pictures in this like huge fold-out section do you remember that like that they could just like open it up and it just like flipped down and you had room Absolutely. for all these photographs yeah, it's a big there. like accordion type thing yeah and it it just was seemed totally normal to me for a long time the thought of like carrying around all those photographs but thinking about it now it seems kind of crazy like yeah. even then like why do you need all these pictures in there what if, what if there's a photo emergency someone really needs to see what your kids look like <laughs> You want to show? Ah, oh, look how big Billy's getting and stuff. Wait, what if you're on an airplane and you're boarding and you have to prove that they're your kids? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Lock that up. They just did that purely for security purposes. Hmm. Well, Jerry even mentions this later with the, like, in case a cop stops you just to make sure you have friends. Friend check? Was that what it was? A friend check? Chum check. Chum check. Roadside chum check. Pal check? Buddy check. Hello and um, welcome to Buddy check. So what did you guys think of this this episode? I give it a pass. It I thought it was pretty the funny. Most, I was going to say it has the most fun of the double episode, but it's weak in that it relies on the fact that it's a two-part episode. Yeah. Yet, with a couple changes, this could have just been the episode. They didn't yeah, they need could have, all that other stuff. They could have introduced all the problems in, like, five minutes. You know, maybe less. Yeah, like, they could have had George pass on the episode and then immediately have see Susan, like, come out. And it's like, okay, well, it's it's over. Uh, like, the whole, like, the whole last episode with Morty, it seemed to only set up the fact that he doesn't like Velcro. You don't need, you know, 22 minutes or whatever it is to set that up. So did we talk about this, like why they did so many double episodes in the season? Is it because they like didn't have many ideas for the season and they had to like extend it or were they trying to be ambitious or was it like commercial? <clears throat> I think um, we did talk about this. Yeah, I don't remember. Maybe we did. Um, but Seinfeld generally had like pretty strict rules about doing double episodes. And it was just whatever the writing team came up with, if they felt like the episode was strong, but it didn't fit in 22 minutes, that they would like commit to expanding an episode into two-part episodes because they didn't want to be afraid to write them. And I mm -hmm. think the problem was that they were 
really excited about this story arc for this season. And so they had all this great stuff and they need to set it up. And so they're just like, okay, well, we'll just commit to it. We'll just keep doing all these double, these double parters. But it, it is strange, especially to open up a season with this many back to back to back. Like, you know, I can understand one at the start of a season, but three two part episodes in a row. I'm pretty it's tired of it. Yeah, I'm yeah. tired of it too. Sick of it. Who's taking pictures over there? I am. Are you holding your phone? Yeah. <laughs> um, Patrick, what did you think about this episode as a whole? Um, I liked that it had a lot of jokes. Um, a lot of these double episodes, especially the second part, don't have many jokes, uh, which is one of the best parts of Seinfeld. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I Like I said, tired of double episodes. I like the 22-minute format. Chris? Um, I just, I don't want any more two-parters. I just, yeah, I'm done with it. I thought it was funny. I liked the part with, I liked how they did so much to lead up with this woman and the flirting. And then he finally asked for the, and then the, the joke at the end with the laugh was pretty good. I liked George's acting in the apartment. It was a good episode. All right, so... We're gonna we're gonna say yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good episode. Good. Well, <clears throat> I would like to encourage all people of this good earth and listeners of this show to head over to what's the deal show dot com, not dot biz. Don't get confused. We don't own that one. That's a impersonator. No, head over to Frauds. what's the deal show. <laughs> what's the deal show dot com, where you can see all the show notes from today's episode as well as other business that popular part of the show that we all know and love and oh we need to put the link up for chris young who has not yet seen our other business topic nope all right well that's all right that's what being on the show's about you know i emailed you the photo oh email yeah because it was in it was on i like iPhoto or phone booth or photo booth on my on my uh yeah but just air exported out to oh on your air yeah all right so here we go here's here's today's other business oh, a galloping wildcat <laughs> the go. galloping wildcat robot terrifies delights oh humans. is this boston dynamics it is it is boston dynamics i love this company yeah, so I do. Fresh I from the, everything they've done. Fresh from the folks at Boston Dynamics comes the Wildcat, their newest machine. It runs on all terrains, moves freely under its own power, and is descended directly from a cheetah-like robot that last year outpaced the world's fastest man, Usain Bolt, on a treadmill. So Actually, uh, it's, it's descended directly from cheetahs. <laughs> Something's happened. <laughs> Something's happened. Hopefully uh, everyone will just click on through and take a look at this video as we just hash out the Wildcat in real time here. Um, So, Chris, have you seen the Wildcat yet? Yeah, I have seen this video. Now, my initial impression was that I love that the future of robotics, one, looks like a rough patch future like in a movie, and two, generates just as much like waste destroying the atmosphere as i would hope it would as it stands up in a giant cloud of 
<laughs> I don't know what is being discharged from this motor, but uh, it's pretty great. Suffice to say, this amazing robot is not clean, uh, clean burning. No. I mean, when you see every one of their, their robots, they usually release like two videos. You'll see one video out in the wild where they've got these giant, giant gas burning engines. And then when they do the tests in the lab, they're always tethered to... Yeah, an electrical source. Yeah, and they're they're quiet that way. And I had this. I remember the the, the big uh, the the robot that made like a lot of people take notice. This company was the one big dog that they had. Is that the one that could ago. like clamber up the rocks? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember being in class, and I had this awful prof who was like, "You know, they're using this right now in Afghanistan to kill people." And I'm like, "No, they're not." Like, how? Is this thing sneaking up on anybody? It's like it's this. It sounds like seven lawnmowers, and what are they going to do? Put guns on it? And like, how is that even a, a viable sort of idea at this point? You're ridiculous. I she mean, was you could you wild. could use it in theory, I guess, to be killing people. Like, you could use it to like guard a compound and walk the streets, and and then you could have like a like a drone controller with a gun mounted on the top with like at some point sure but like right now these things are not ready for prime time but they're no cool. it's Honestly, awesome that you only I need these it to run on gas gear. for five minutes that's right these are such metal gears yeah they really these, are actually they are if you see like the if you see the bipedal ones they're they're just incredible now when you guys see these things do you just feel like amazed by the tech feat of technology or are you terrified? Cause I, I usually start out kind of just amazed at the feat of technology. And then, cause like these things, they're pretty tall. Like when this is standing up, it's on four legs, yeah. probably weighs like 2000 pounds or something. And it's about as tall as a man. And like, as long as like, uh, a, a, uh, like a parking space is wide. So it's maybe as like long as a car is wide. It's huge. Yeah. It looks terrifying. And then I'm imagining this thing. I don't know. I feel oh, like yeah, these... I, I'm mostly excited about this technology. And and I'm also extremely just happy that we're Canadians. <laughs> you know, there's no war where this thing's charging at me. Uh you would maybe feel a little more upset if you lived in the Middle East somewhere in a state that was not popular with the U.S. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, like, like, if this thing's walking the streets, I don't care how much noise it's making and I can, like, kind of... It's terrifying. It ...in that sense. It, it is frightening. And I'm, I'm amazed, but, but terrified. Like, the idea of seeing this thing, like, walking around a street or in a war zone does kind of freak me out. Even if it was just this model and it only yeah. could run on this gas motor for five minutes has no weapons just the sight of it would freak me out yeah, yeah but it is and, it is incredible on the other hand it does make me kind of regret that i never got an ibo because <laughs> <laughs> i see this guy and i think future pet totally because i mean Absolutely. if i could have this guy as a pet and he looked a little yeah. friendlier i'd love it i'd be ha- i'd be so happy yeah, it, it would it would be really great. Now, I mean, I don't know how wide the doors in my house would have to be to have this car-sized man robot. I mean, shrink this down a little bit, put some fur on it, you know? 
Uh, this is a great little animal. I want like Blade Runner style fake stuff. I want a tiger. I want a tiger that won't bite me. This is what I'm talking about. An Ibo, then. Like, if they had continued with Stop developing Ibo, Ibo technology. Stop saying hey, Ibo. You I could still not. buy an Ibo. You could just buy uh, buy one on eBay or something. Can you? Only $1,300. Are you on eBay right now? Yeah, checking it out. Because I actually, there was a brief period where I had all this money saved up to buy something ridiculous. And I didn't get the Ibo, but I was extremely tempted to get an ivo i can't even find a whole ibo for sale on ebay i feel like you would get pretty bored with an ibo pretty quickly that's but would the ibo get bored with you (laughs) (laughs) what i really like is the sony ibo ers 31l pug model and i'm just gonna go ahead and say that it says it's coming from russia i'm hoping it's fake it's definitely fake. I'm hoping that this that this weird Russian Ibo is like a relic of, you know, I don't know, the Soviet Union seeing something awesome and trying to copy it. <laughs> like uh, that space shuttle, like the Russian space shuttle. Oh, yeah, I read that big story the other day. That's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Um, so, uh, overall, thumbs up on, on the Wildcat, but... I love the also, Wildcat, but I mean, there's so many... This company does so much, like, uh... Let's see if we can find some links and send them to you later. But this company does amazing things. Terrifying things. They're not all terrifying. I'm just mostly afraid of this. I mean, I think they're really cool, <laughs> uh, but I'm also terrified of them. <laughs> okay. Um, you're not afraid of them? <laughs> I no. can't believe you're not afraid of them. I will be fine. Famous That's, last words. <laughs> you're just trying to get on their good side right now. So when they listen back to all the Skype transcripts, they don't they see who likes them and who doesn't. Those robots would be great in my house. <laughs> so we got a short one for you this week. Um, next week we'll be looking at the Bubble Boy. Can you believe it? We're there. We've been doing this show long enough that we are now. At the Bubble Boy episode. Can't wait. Yeah, I can't believe it. Uh, in next week's episode, The Bubble Boy, which is the 47th episode of Seinfeld and the 7th episode of Season 4, 47, Season 4, Episode 7. Hello. Hello. Jerry, George, Susan, and Elaine are going to travel up to Susan's family's cabin. Jerry and Elaine decide that it would be a good idea for Jerry to help out a young fan of Jerry's who's stuck living inside a plastic bubble. George drives very fast and loses Jerry and Elaine. And Kramer... Oh, Kramer dates Jerry's girlfriend from the last episode, who Jerry describes her laughter as Elmer Fudd sitting on a blender. (laughs) Uh, Kramer continues to struggle with fire. And that is uh, next week's episode. Yeah. And uh, just a note off the Wikipedia page. November 10th, 1999, there was a computer virus named Bubble Boy going around. 
and it was the first malware of its kind, having been actually able to activate itself upon the recipient opening the email's contents, as opposed to running an attachment. Wow. Hmm. There you go. There you go. So, uh, Patrick, what are, you, uh, what are you doing today that we had to wrap it up? So, uh, you know, wrap it short. <sighs> Gonna go buy some reclaimed wood to build a table. <laughs> Wait. Does that is that Chris's store where he just <laughs> sells the wood off that he gave to people originally? Yeah. What else would it be? I'm not Glad sure. I thought you were. Now. I thought you were running out because you were thrilled to find out that The Simpsons has been renewed for a 26th season. Oh, Ugh. finally! Awful. Uh, people are buzzing about that uh, Guillermo del Toro Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors opening. Yeah. Is this the Grounds, show? <laughs> this is Simpsons cast. No. Do you think if, you know, because inevitably there is a Simpsons cast out there somewhere. Do you think if they listen to this show that they think that this is like a stupid topic and they can't believe that we would be mocking the Simpsons? Because their yeah. show is still on TV. I mean, yeah. their show is definitely more relevant. Is it? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's debatable. I don't know. No either. As always, I would like to encourage our listeners to, for a final time, head over to what's the deal show.com where we have show notes, old episodes, today's little picture. We've got it all. Head over there, entertain yourself, go crazy, check it out. And while you're at it, hit us up on the social media. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter. We tweet at WTD Show. Uh, we're also on Facebook. You know, last week I gave the wrong address. We're at Facebook.com slash What's the Deal Show, not WTD Show. So oh, if you no. tried to do that, if you tried to do that last week and it didn't work, I'm real sorry. My fault. You know, Felix uh, Felix Holtman got a hold of us on social media. He did. A few he weeks also ago. did not like uh, Castorium. <laughs> He He's with you, Chris. Uh, Did I not like? That was the secretion from the beaver's caster sack that tastes oh, like. Oh, that's right. That's lost. disgusting. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's that, you know, beaver butt cum. It's reclaimed castorium. Okay, then. <laughs> you know, Chris, <laughs> there's something else that uh, people can do if they like the show, isn't there? Yeah, you know what? You can you can do us, and you can do yourself a favor. Uh, just go to a pizza buffet. Have a great time. You know, eat all the pizza you want, different types, no limit. There's no limit on the buffet. Uh, and then there's the there's the breakfast pizza. Delicious. Probably includes probably or sorry the the dessert pizza also. What would breakfast pizza be? That'd be good too. Have you never had breakfast like pizza? A drink? I don't think I have. I had a pizza out here in Victoria, breakfast pizza, and it had hollandaise on it. Oh my god! Shut the front door. It was amazing. Oh, we gotta do that next to him there. All right, let's do it. Oh yeah, or you go to iTunes and give it five stars. <laughs> boy all right well uh hopefully everybody uh, you've you've had a great time listening to the show perhaps you've got a hankering for some reclaimed you wood have. yourself i know it was a stupid thing to say i just uh great time all right well as always a hearty thank you from your good friend 
Patrick Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Christopher Young. Yeah, thanks. And myself, Cameron Wong, thank you very much, and we will be with you again next week. It's the wood that makes it good, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm hungry. So, what, I don't understand. Re- what is the wood reclaimed from? Like an old house? What are you doing? Old house building, something like that, yeah. And it's a store that just sells wood that's been scavenged. I feel like store is, is stretching it. It's more of a place and the guy sells it out of his house or something. Is this kind I of mean, like buying copper tubing from somebody that's clearly just stolen it from outside? <laughs> oh, maybe. I mean, I feel like he's probably not. Um, he's probably not stealing pieces of wood from people's houses, but yeah, it could be. What a meat cute, huh? <laughs> a what? A meat cute? Have you not heard of that? No, but probably because it's not real. No, that's a thing in, uh, like, uh, um, like a romantic comedy. And is it like when you, a cute way to meet somebody? Yeah, when they've like met someone in a cute situation, like, uh, like, Um, I don't know, like two people bump into each other and like hate each other or something. And then eventually they fall in love. That's a meet cute. Yeah. You never heard of this? No, never. I feel like they're talking about this on like uh, Jezebel or something, but. Um, Apparently, I think Roger Ebert was the one who. Uh, he always mentioned to meet you. I don't know if he coined it. Here, let's look it up. Uh, Wikipedia. Oh, yeah, it has a Wikipedia page. Um, the term is widely used by screenwriters. Oh, here we go. Film critics such as Robert Ebert <coughs> popularize the term in their reviews. Huh. The more you know. Mm-hmm. I just, I'd never heard of this meat cute. Because they're just walking along, <laughs> singing a song. Side, side by side. side. <laughs>